I think I, I, I hate to say this. I would be more afraid of your wife in the octagon than you. Your wife looks like she would flip a switch. Yeah, she, she would flip a switch and just annihilate somebody. Welcome to the Beat Around the Bench podcast. Podcast about woodworking, good times, and general jackassery. With your host, Jess of Jess Builder, Colton of Colt Crit, and Ross of RNC Woodworking and Designs. You can find us all on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Now for episode 21, Point Break. All right. Woo! Welcome yeah. back, Jess. Yeah, glad to have well, you back, buddy. Th- thanks, guys. I appreciate you guys holding down the fort while I was gone. I we trust me, that. I would have much rather been on the podcast. I was up that night until probably eleven o'clock, midnight, packing, and we just, you know, we don't have we don't want to have any time off, so we worked four tens, and then one of the nights there was an accident um, on nineteen North. That is basically the only way for us to get home, either that or Alt-19, which is so everything on 19 went to Alt-19 and um, somebody died. Two people died, I think, actually. Oh, no. And a dog. And um, they closed the roads down. And like so I put it in Google Maps and it cut me through a couple of places, but it took us over two hours to get home. And that was one of the nights we needed to pack. And so it was just, it was just a hot mess. So we got it, but we did get everything packed. We did get everything moved. It all went pretty, pretty good, actually, as you know, awesome. my wife's pretty organized. The move went good. The, the little house is good. Um, I made a little, I made an island. So, you know, those silver shelves that you can get that are like the wire racks and then they like slide over the poles with all the little, the little rings around the side. Like, is it kind of like a, like an under sink drawer? No, it's the shelves are like a portable storage rack. That's almost like a wire rack. They use them in restaurants. They use them in restaurants a lot in the back, Yeah, but you can buy them on Amazon, like in a box or whatever. So she had one here that they weren't using. And then I bought one 36 inches and the one she had was taller, so I cut the pipes, and then I just put them end to end and attached them together, and then bought a butcher block birch top and cut it to the size that I wanted, like a countertop, and drilled holes for the little pipe to go in the bottom of it, and with a Forstner bit, and then it sets over it, and I made like a long kitchen island that fits just fits this kitchen. So we because we have very very few storage, you know, it's funny. You don't think you've got a lot of stuff until you start packing that crap. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that kitchen, Dude. I just, we kept making box after box after box. And we had already thrown away stuff, gotten rid of stuff, packed some stuff. And it just, it never ended. Moving is the best way to purge. Like you don't realize how much stuff you have until you have, to, as you said, until you start putting it all in boxes and you're like, man, I have a bunch of crap. So it's a great time to like actually play keep or throw and Marie Kondo some things for sure. So, so my wife, we decided that we were getting, we, we were going with a new look anyway. The only thing that we kept furniture wise was our bed, our couches and this desk. That's it. Everything oh, else, everything else. We kept my kids bunk beds and stuff, but that's in storage because I just bought those and their mattresses 
and then my daughter's mattress fit on the spare bedroom. So we brought that over. That's it. She sold everything on marketplace and let go. And she hates people officially because of that. Because she's, <laughs> she's also, so this place was full of junk that we moved into. And so was the garage and Ashley's dad's been emptying it out and they've been, and she's been selling the stuff for them. And she just hates people. People are so stupid. Like it'll be something that's like $5, right? But it's a good deal and they want it. So, and they're like, oh, I can't make it. Oh, this, oh, that, oh, whatever. There's like, dude, just come get it. Like, I don't want to ask questions. It's on the porch. Leave the five bucks, pick up the little tchotchke and get out of here. Like what? there's nothing else that people want to make friends. And oh my God, it's so crazy. So, but yeah, we got moved and everything's good. And, um, now the hurricane's coming. So I probably but you, you haven't had anybody show up yet. And like, as soon as they show up, start trying to give you less money right there. They Have usually, so now online, they usually do that before they come. And yeah. then as far as like the furniture and stuff like that, uh, a lot of it, we just left on the porch and like, this is the agreed price. Leave the money. One person left something cause it, it wasn't exactly what they thought. But other than that, like, I don't even want to talk to you, bro. Like, I got COVID. Like, just take it. Take it out of here. <laughs> so it wasn't like anything we were worried about anybody stealing anyway. Um, I did have some couches some guys bought. I tell you what, I did get a lot of money for, though. So her mother-in-law, or no, her aunt passed away many years ago, and she got a bunch of stuff from her. And she got some mid-century furniture. My mid-century, original mm. mid-century furniture. And it was okay, but... It wasn't like my favorite style of it. And, you know, it was starting to show some wear and stuff. And I want something different or I'll make something one day. And we asked one of the places we sell furniture at because she has some mid-century stuff. She wanted to buy it. And she goes, you know, I would, but I can't give you very much for it. She's like, you should go on St. Pete Mid-Century Buyers Facebook group and join and see if somebody there would want to buy it. So we put the... St. Pete is like the... St. Pete is like the low... That's yeah, the St. local, Petersburg. like, it's a name of town or something? Okay. Yeah, St. Petersburg it. is just south. It's like at the, okay, cool. the southern tip of Tampa, yeah. It's actually where I stayed gotcha. when I was down there a couple that's weeks right. ago. That's right. And so, and that's where, like, a lot of the hot, that and Tampa are, like, where the hot spot, like, they're way ahead in design and stuff than people are, like, in the rest of the town. Let's just put it that way. So, mm-hmm. She's like, okay. So it took a week to get approved. I don't know whoever runs the, that group doesn't approve a lot of people, but she got approved. We put that on there. She sold that stuff. And she, I was like, she's like, how much should I ask? I was like, I don't know. Put 500 bucks on it. That seems like a lot. So she put 700, I think on there instantly gone, gone. He's like, I'll give you a hundred dollars right now. And I'll come get it Saturday. So they Venmo us a hundred bucks. And so he buys and sells furniture and like they fix them up and stuff. And he's bought that set before and he says, I know I'll sell it. So, uh, yeah, we <laughs> saw it right. right away. Yeah. So there's people that do like mid-century furniture anyway. So what is your new commute from your new place to your shop? An hour on the money. All right. It takes, it takes me a, a different way every day. I use Google maps because there's like three different ways you can really take. Today, it took us this really weird way, but there was no traffic because a lot of people have evacuated and you know schools are closed and stuff. So it wasn't too bad, but um, 
It's yeah. It, it, it's exactly 59 minutes unless somebody there has to go. pee. Then it's so long. Well, that, that's the perfect amount of time to enjoy half of a beater on the bench podcast. That's, that's right. <laughs> You're yeah. Right. Yeah. And then you can finish it on the way home. There you go. Yeah. So we it's yeah. With the anticipation all day. Just, what's going to happen in the second half? We talked about Just, this. Uh, it, uh, on, I was just going to say it. Uh, are you good? Sorry, well, I was going to say, we talked about this on the wives episode. So I like talk radio and she does not. So mm. uh, I, I love the Clark Howard podcast. I like, um, that one with Neil deGrasse Tyson about like space and like, you know, f- you know, astrophysics and all that stuff. It's really neat. They talk about time. It's, yeah. It blows your mind. A lot of it. Yeah. Uh, yes. And then, um, she can't, she just, it's, I, I, she'll jump out the window. So she gets <laughs> one day and I get one day. So, uh, and then you rotate you know, who and, does Fridays. No, I get Fridays. <laughs> or some days I'll get it. I'll get it there, and then she gets it on the way home there. There, so well, the beat around the bench gets Fridays, man. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's when you so, got to listen to see how we did earlier in the week. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, uh, I, it doesn't bother me too much. It, I just get really sleepy on the way home. Usually, I'm like usually dehydrated, and I'm trying to drink water, but then I don't want to have to pee. Um, I'm usually kind of dehydrated by the time we get home and then I'm thinking I got to cook dinner and like all that stuff. So I'm like kind of super sleepy, but, um, <laughs> it's not so bad. Yeah. No. Should grab a Red Bull. Oh man. Usually, uh, I, all I do is drink, get the trick done. Diet do and Celsius yeah. every day. Dude. I, when oh, I stopped yeah. at his shop, I was amazed. Jess literally drinks nothing but like diet Mountain Dew and energy drinks. He drinks no water. No, no, that's not true. When my lips start to stick together, I, I start drinking water. <laughs> oh, good. What about yeah. your teeth falling out? Any any worry there? Um, the acid, yeah, it's probably not good. There's no sugar in any of it, but uh, yeah. yeah, I think I will say this. I do notice that, well, there's a lot of acid in any of those, right? I think a lot of that is bad for joint pain. I think it creates inflammation in the body, so I don't know. You guys are both frozen. Can you hear me? After a brief technical difficulty, we are back. So we're back, baby. Yeah. So, uh, Jess, are you fully settled and ready for this here hurricane? Yes. The, the hurricane is, uh, well, we'll, we'll get maybe tropical force gusts at best. I think here, this particular place is in, we're quite in from the, the coast, so I'm not really worried about it. Um, the shop is, I mean, it is kind of close to the coast, but I'm not worried about that either. Um, I'm more worried about like a gust ripping that carport where I've got all my wood stored in the back, mm. ripping that off or something. And then throwing those or, pieces or like of wood tree, around. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or the, or a tree limb falling on it or something like that. Oh, Cause there's yeah. a lot of oak trees there. Yeah. But uh, we've already been through a hurricane. Uh, and it hit more on than this one did, and um, it was fine. So just a lot of cleanup in the parking lot. That's about it. All right. Yeah, well, that's not too bad. You know, I, I, it is I what it is. You know. Yeah. Well, good luck, man. Um, I don't even. What, what's the name of this hurricane? Do they have a name for it? Uh, yeah, it's uh, I, it's Lana. The, yeah, Ileana or I'll t- is, is Ili- hold on. Right, I'll tell oh, you in a you. second. 
So I got a funny story. I actually started. Idalia. Uh, what is it? Idalia. Idalia. Nice. So I, I did MMA for a year because of a hurricane once. What? So, uh, yeah. There, so I want to hear the story for sure. So the Ross probably never heard of it, but a hurricane party. Jess, you ever do those? Oh, baby. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Ross, are you familiar with the hurricane party? I, I know the concept of it. Basically, yeah. everybody parties like crazy, usually drinking hurricanes while you watch yes. the hurricane come through because everybody's got hurricane everybody's off work. windows. Yeah. Yeah. And, and everybody's off work. Yeah. And if you get stuck there, you're stuck with friends and you've already stocked up on beer and whatever. And so it's a, it's a lot better way to get toilets isolated. quit working and it's amazing. Yeah. And so we had a, uh, what was it? Oh, a couple years ago we had a hurricane or a potential hurricane that it was, I think it was the one that was going to hit Houston, but then veered right and just destroyed Southeast Texas or something like that. And, um, so Houston, uh, as far as where we were at, we were fine, but we had this hurricane party, right. And it was about 3am. Um, and sure enough, the hurricane didn't hit us, but, um, I had this thought, it was like, Oh man, every time I see like a, a Facebook video of a UFC fight, it gets me, my, my goosebumps going. And like, it's in that moment, I was like, there's gotta be a gym around here that could teach me to fight, you know, like, um, you know, I already have the wrestling background. I enjoy that. I wanted to learn more. And so that, that, that same night I, uh, emailed, uh, elite MMA and that was pretty fun. And then Crystal got sucked into it with me. And, um, yeah, I, it was, I think I, I, I hate to say this. I would be more afraid of your wife in the octagon than you. <laughs> Absolutely. Your she wife looks dirty, like she, she would like flip pull, a switch. Pull. Yeah. yeah. She, she would flip a switch and just annihilate somebody. Yeah. No, she, uh, she's good. Yeah. It was fun doing like jujitsu in the living room for a while. But, um, our favorite was the Thai boxing, like, uh, yeah. Hitting the bags and like learn how to kick and all that. But my favorite it was is very, it was very humbling. So what? My favorite is pad thai. <laughs> I do enjoy some pad thai, some peanuts in there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we got to the point basically where I realized that in order to be good, really good at MMA and like really buy into it, you have to, it has to be your main thing, right? And oh, yeah. it was a side thing for me. Like my main thing was getting this woodworking business going. Mm-hmm. And so we, we ended up having to quit, but we really enjoyed it. And nice. um yeah, it boosted our confidence a little bit for a street fight. But, nice. Yeah. And Which, uh, oh, okay. L- last funny story. The first day ever I was there, uh, it was a ju- so they have jujitsu days and then Thai boxing days. And it mm-hmm. was a jujitsu day. And I was like, I was a wrestler, um, but I'm not trying to like come off as cocky. Like, I know what I'm doing. I know jujitsu is a different mindset. And they're like, oh, you're doing great. Yeah, hop in here. And it was a no gi day. So we didn't have all the extra. Like it was just like a Under Armour clothes and they put me in with the big boys. Right. And okay. so there's two guys, one of them, his name was brisket and the other one was Panda and <laughs> like Kung Fu, Bay, like these, these guys, like you could tell like they were like corn fed, right? Like they were strong, but they got these big old beer guys. So they don't look like an athlete. Right. Yeah. But as soon as we started going, they, stretched my back out over their big old guts and just manhandled me. I was dead. And, uh, yeah, even with like the little bit of like wrestling knowledge, I still retained, like they kicked my butt and, um, it was, it was definitely humbling. So nice. It was fun. 
I actually was going to ask, as you said, you were you were focused on getting your woodworking business up and running. Where are mm-hmm. things at with the woodworking business? What's the status on the boards? We're going well. Um, so, you know, with Labor Day coming up, uh, there's a lot of boards that are due by then. And it looks like right now that we'll be able to get all of our boards that are hard due by then. Um, Dude, that's incredible. Well done. How many is yeah. that? Oh, uh, it's still kind of up in the air. Uh, there's a bunch of different variations, about four boards, four or five. Four sets? Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. And uh, which all of them are about halfway done. Okay. But, uh, what is the coolest yeah, one you're working on still. at the moment? Oh, the coolest one. Uh, hmm. So I do have this uh, this Los Compas one. It's a uh, it's a Mexican like food and refreshment like distributor, right? Okay. And this thing it looks like a Mona Lisa paint almost, and it's like it's like two hombres with like their sombreros and has like a bunch of different fruit and bread like kind of around wow. them, and mm-hmm. then like a big banner and. I should have charged extra for this one, but uh, I actually gave him a discount. He's a repeat customer, but um, but uh, yeah. So that one, it's gonna have so many different colors, and uh, yeah, it'll be cool. So one thing on the border. So each border section. So there's six main border sections, and then they're split up into three sections within that. Yeah, I was talking to him about making like the uh, the Mexico flag colors for each each one of those sections. Yeah. But um, but we end up going with just red, so it's gonna have a nice standout border. But yeah, the Los Compas one, that one would be interesting. Um, so you said it's I, obviously kind of like kind of like the Mona Lisa, and that brought up an idea to me. What do you think the Mona Lisa would look like if she had a big sombrero on her head? <laughs> She'd probably be smiling. She had a margarita too. Yeah, yeah, or at least a taco. Yeah, or at least a bigger smile, right? Or should I guess yeah. just slight smile, right? Yeah, yeah. Mona Lisa smile. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. So what's the countdown to on the original ones? Or are we kind of fishing between uh, two? It's two in the order? air. Let, let me okay. give you a hard number next week. Um, okay. That's fair. Yeah. I, it, yeah. It's in the air. So. Okay. And just out of curiosity, of do you think you, once you get down past a lot of these hard dates, are you going to kind of pre-do a bunch of ones that you know sell pretty quickly? So you can turn on a flash sale on, let's say, make 10 sets of Aggie boards or 10 sets of LSU boards or whatever. If you, that way you could kind of just turn it on and be like, hey, these 10 are ready to go. First come, first serve. So that's not a bad way to do it. Do it more of a push than a pull, right? Yes. Like and that, that way you're not stressing. That's not a bad way to do it. But uh, as of right now, um, if we are going to stay with cornhole as our bread and butter, Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I just, I need a clean slate and then I want to do set like a number, maybe like two or three sets a week. And then once we add an employee, maybe raise that from there. Right. But yep. like start with an achievable number and just whenever two more orders are hit, then we push it the lead time the next week and have it just where it's sustainable and it's not just bounce back and forth covering my butt. And have you yeah, been able to maintain? To it. Yeah, yeah exactly. to it is big. Have you been able mm-hmm. to maintain the weekly meetings with uh, Miss Crit? 
No, we, we stopped. Uh, I, I intentionally stopped doing those. Um, yeah, which I feel like we're, 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 we're on a lot better page than, than we have been before. But um, I, I don't want to sound negative why I stopped. I guess, okay, we're, we're about being honest here. So I, I, just to be an open book, oh, yeah. I stopped doing our Monday meetings because I felt that where she was coming from was not a place of support. It was a place of like, how do I kindly get Colton to stop doing this stuff? And like, cause you know, she's going through her own stresses too. And yeah, for me to have something career. that's not bringing in any more money recently and only bringing in more stress and taking me away from her and all this. And so I didn't think that she was coming from a complete place of like, a mindset that would benefit Colt crit. Right. And so I very intentionally stopped, um, doing that, which I've, I don't know. I've, it's been at least a month, I guess, since we stopped doing that, which we've, we've come a lot further now. Like, um, you know, her job has gotten really stepped up a lot more stress and we kind of compare the two and she's just like, Oh my God, I have, I have 300 emails I'm behind on. I was like, I, I feel you, man. And she's like, there's just not enough time in the day. I was like, I feel you, man. And like, uh, I feel like we've gotten a lot more on the same page just from struggling together. And, um, and I'm yeah, sure so the loss just, of, of bubs really hit you both pretty hard. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we, we missed, but he would have been cool, but yeah, I don't know well, if you ever see a, a random duckling that needs a home. We're I'll mail them to you. Every time yeah. I see that Dawn, every time I see a Dawn, that Dawn saves wildlife commercial yeah. with a little duck in it. And I'm like, Oh, it's bubs. I'm washing him up. Yeah. <laughs> and right. so, all right. So just to put a cap on this weekly meeting thing and Colt crit, um, we're both on very good terms right now with each other. We just very separate as far as like she work, she does uh, retail energy. I do woodwork and that's okay. And that's good. So, okay. That's fair. At least you're good. working. Yep. Working things yeah. out. Cool. Absolutely. And Jess, uh, how are things going in your shop? Are, are, are uh, things going they're smoothly? They're good. Still? So, yeah, well, kind of. Uh, today got kind of a monkey wrench. So one of the ki- kids that, well, since we're being honest, so a few days ago, um, let's say, I don't remember if it was last week because this has been kind of a blur. It was like last week or the week before last, I think, actually. Um, they said he was acting funny. And I'm like, whatever, I'm busy. And I was working on the website changing many descriptions You're and trying to one of the kids flirt. in the shop was acting funny. Yeah. Nick, the kid, the, the, the 20 year old kid. Okay. So then day two, somebody said something. And then day three, Dave came in and he said, man, he's, you know, and I know he smokes. So I said, they're like, he's high, man. He's, he's just high. And it's, I said, I'm not turning a blind eye to it, but it's like, you know, what am I supposed to say? So, Dave came back in and he goes, man, I can't, I can't do this. I can't work with him. Like he's like fallen and like, it's, he's just acting crazy and he's just like off in la la land. That's not safe in a wood shop. That's not so something you could do. Of yeah. all places. I mean, why don't you like, you know, work in some sort of other. So 
I mean, I get he's from Colorado. I get he's got stress. He's got really bad neck pain. He got injured a long time ago. So, like, I kind of get it. But, like, I told him when he started specifically that he could never do that at work. And, or come in that way or whatever. Yeah. So, I I, uh, I went to him and I said, listen, man, you got to go. Your dad, um, his dad's still doing the other stuff for us. And uh, at the maintenance thing. And they'd been sharing a car because one of their cars was messed up. And so I called his dad and I said, did you know? And he goes, no, I, I didn't know. And so I said, you got to come get him. So I said, look, I'm going to give you one chance, you know, because I, I, in my mind, from a business perspective, we spent a lot of time teaching him and he's, and he's quite good and smart. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge and loss so, to you as far as an asset right. goes. And so I said, you got your high as F right now and I know it and you think you're hiding it, but you're not hiding it. And I said, I want you to understand you're never going to be able to hide it. We're always going to know. So don't even try it again. And I said, I'm sorry that you have anxiety. I'm sorry you have those problems. I know what that's all about. I said, I've been around it my whole life, but you can't, it's a wood shop, dude. Like, are you out of your mind? Well, obviously you are. So you, you've got to go. You can come back tomorrow sober and I don't ever want to see this again. Cause if you do, it's not even a question. I was like, don't even come into work. Like you're gone. So he came back. He was, he was embarrassed and you know, I, I didn't confront him with it again. I just left it and everything was okay. Um, and he's been doing pretty good. He doesn't have any sense of urgency when he works. It's very like just watching him put glue on something. I want to snatch it out of his hand, but whatever, but he, he gets things done. He is particular. He is detail. Uh, have a, a detailed eye. So, and like he takes, he, he's very mechanical. So like the drum sander, the wide belts kind of complicated thing. I explained a few things and he just figures it out on his own. He just loves it. You know, like he's totally understands it. It's not hmm. that he just uses it. So, and I knew that about him just by meeting his father, that that's the way he would be. Like he fixes his own cars, that kind of thing. So anyway, so, uh, what I didn't know is that him and his father are on the storm like emergency team for some company or something. And they go and like, and he left today. Like I left because I had to go take care of something and come back. And he said, I, I got to go. And he had like mentioned it. And I was like, what are you going to do? You're going to just leave. Like, and he's like, he didn't answer me. And then he just left and waited till I was gone. And then he left. So I guess he's supposed to go do that now for however long. Normally that wouldn't be a big problem, but we actually have a paying job right now because my boss came in and he's doing a remodel and we're wrapping these columns and we're making 12 panels to wrap these columns. Pretty simple, but it's a lot of wood. I mean, yeah. we used almost 200 board feet of poplar today. Um, just cutting it up actually over that probably. Yeah, probably more than that. And, you know, cause they're 91 inch tall panels. So they use a lot of wood and it just takes a lot to sand all that and do all this other stuff. So by the way, I got to ask you guys a question, what you think about some part of it, but, um, so he's gone for however long a week or so. And so it's just me, but I have gotten off the website. We have decided to just hire someone at this point to do the rest of it. Like, keyword marketing ads, all that other stuff. Like that's going to have to be a behind the scenes thing for the website. Cause I don't have a college education in marketing. I don't understand a lot of the technology and Google. I have 
had so many things disapproved by Google. I did finally get it all approved by Google, but they're funny about variants and like, does this even need to be on this part of Google? Because it's not just Google. It's like Google Shopping, Google this, Google that, and it's so complicated. So um, we're going to hire a company. We had one girl, but she's pretty expensive that we talked to before. I had the guy that was a friend of mine, JC. Um, By the way, he is usually pretty busy, so he was unable to make last the last week anyway. So we will try to get him in an evening, but his evenings are usually pretty booked, so we'll we'll see about getting him on. But everything that he... Oh, so uh, that's one thing my brother, uh, so he's catching up on our podcast and, and I think it was right after the episode where you were talking about a lot of optimization stuff. You're going in depth on building the website and he called me and he was saying, it's like, man, you got to get someone else to do that. Like, I know we can do all the technical stuff, but like sometimes it just takes a professional. That was. It takes time. Yeah. So that's that's actually the biggest part. That's the biggest part I was going to say. Obviously, this is something. If you had unlimited amounts of time, you could sit down and figure it all out. But the amount of money that you would pay somebody who knows how to do the ins and outs of that, they're going to be done in you know three hours, and it would take you three days. And the amount of time that you're missing out in the shop is obviously worth that much well, more. And that's what, and that's what me and Kevin talked about because we have a show coming up in October and I want to make a bunch of little stuff. Cause we're going to sell that stuff online too. That's really going to be more of our bread and butter than the furniture and the cabinets I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make a bunch of little stuff and, um, you know, I taken it as far as I can take it. Yeah. Um, I, we did have the girl. So we reached out to some other people and the one guy who was, going to do this for someone else when, but they just weren't ready for him yet. Um, we reached out to him. They referred, she referred him to us and he just, he sent us an email. He said, you know, we were interested in using you. And he went through, he did a search of our website. He said, you need to fix this and this, and this is our plan of action. By the way, marketing in general for these websites and for these companies like us, everybody told us the same thing about you need to show this as yourself as a brand. These need to be done. You need to pay for this. You need to pay for that. Everybody's even JC, everybody's told us the same thing. Some of it Ashley will do and some of it he will do. Like the actual physical changes of stuff, it's a hundred bucks an hour. But the other stuff is like a set fee. Like I'll help you set this up. I'll help you set that up. I'll help you you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so this one particular person, interestingly enough, lives on the street that I met my boss on. He lives in this particular road. So I don't know, maybe that's a good omen. There's there's several people we reached out to to just find out what they think and their pricing. So uh, I think he's willing to pay it because I'm sure that the return on investment will be good. Um, and uh, he did. And it's funny that he said this. He said, your website is very business based in its wording instead of customer based mm-hmm. and you need to explain things the way that a customer would this and that. So um, he's probably right because I just think like a carpenter that builds cabinets. And so I'm thinking, well, if I was looking for cabinets, this was what I would put. Or if I was looking for a piece of furniture, I tried not to, I mean, I use chat GPT and it was pretty beautiful with the way it put a lot of things, but he wants, we need to get, probably some professional pictures done and probably uh, because we do our best, 
but even setting them up in, you know, like somebody's house, it's still not as good as a professional, no, you need professional like lighting. merchandise it, photographer. Yeah. The, the yeah. amount of money you're going to make back just from paying somebody to get good right. pictures is astounding. Yeah. And then the, the other thing is he wants us to put some video because people like video. He said on our own page, we should have some video of like who we are, the shop making things. He said, I think that will resonate better. I thought you so were going to say video, all this for, I thought you were going to say video of like the furniture, like here's the furniture <laughs> at the park. Here's the furniture. Well, they all they all like the pod. They all like the podcast idea. They all like the classes idea. Okay. Uh, the classes is actually supposed to be probably going to be one of our biggest things, and some um, free classes to start, and eventually within. Who knows how long, but not very long. The remember how I talked about doing a thing with veterans and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They everybody thinks that's a fantastic idea. Yeah. It's only good for everything. Yeah. And either way, it's a tax deduction, right? Yeah. So so and the boss, I was afraid to tell him about it. He flipped the lid. He thought it was the greatest thing he ever heard of. Yeah. So you should also um, reach out to Katz Moses Woodworking because they do a lot of yeah, uh, I know. I know they do the help with yeah, uh, woodworkers I, with disabilities. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that or foster kids, something along those lines to teach, either teach something to someone that needs it or teach something to someone that they can, you know, I, if you can find, I, I've said this, if you can find veteran foster kids who have disabilities, you got the trifecta <laughs> and you can teach them how to woodwork. So there you go. I just, I wish, I wish, cause I loved this when I was a kid and I didn't understand it. And now I do understand it better. And I really wish that I would know now because I would, who knows where I would be. And my dad, it would have, it would have changed my whole life in a very positive way. Mm-hmm. It never is in a negative way. Woodworking is not like stucco or, or one of those no. jobs that pe- like roofing, you know what I mean? People don't get in it and go, man, there's no money in it. And there's this and that everybody enjoys it. Even if it's just a hobby, yeah. they enjoy it. Yep. You don't have, hear people stuck on houses as a hobby. No, you can. Right? And the benefit and, of it is, especially just overall woodworking, even if you're, you know, think of how many old, older guys that we run into in our travels that are like, yeah, I made this piece for my granddaughter or I made as a wedding so present fantastic. for my kids. I made this or, you know, a baby crib or whatever. It's something that mm-hmm. you can pass on that's sentimental value. Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's priceless. So if you build um, it the way that I build it, you can never move it anywhere. So the benefit right, is no, it's an yeah. heirloom piece. It just, it just <laughs> stays there until it, until it burns down. That's, that's right. about yeah. it. Yeah. That's it. Uh, you know, and it's funny too, Ross, that you say that because I used to be like that. A lot of the first stuff I've looked back on our, you know, how my wife does our, um, uh, past creations yeah. thing with all my old pictures and she kind of puts them together in a little collage and the first stuff I was like, and not to say that this is how you, this is why you do it, but I did it because I didn't know good ways to fasten things together. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like you kind of like caveman everything together at first until you learn about, you know, dovetails or you learn about mortise and tenon or, or you know, even a, the pocket screws and stuff like that is is still pretty thick. A, a, tenons and all that other stuff, learning how to do glue joinery changes what you've, the whole 
the lines and everything in your furniture. It just changes everything. I mean, I can vouch for that. I still just build a massive. I build bigger mortise and tendons (laughs) and bigger dovetails. Yes, yes, you've proved that. I kind of think of all my furniture like timber framing. It's all just mm. have you s- just slightly have, smaller timber frame furniture. Have you seen that? Just not to change the subject, but have you seen that thing where the guy makes this joinery, and I don't think he cut it by hand. He did cut it with like a table saw or something, but it doesn't look like it should go together. It's it's almost like a dovetail, almost like a finger joint. I know but they're exactly. Curved. Yep. They're curved in, and then it goes like shoo, yep like that together. Oh my God, that is the prettiest joint I've seen. And I don't usually say that over much anymore. I've seen about all of it. That is fantastic. There are some unbelievable ones that literally, I, I don't, you almost have to slide them at like a 45 degree angle into each other right. to get them to work. Right. But it's crazy. Right. Crazy cool. I love watching it's that kind of so, stuff. Yeah. And they do like walnut and maple. And so it's like contrasting yeah. colors. Oh, it's fantastic. Ebony and ivory. Well, <laughs> All right, so that brings us to speaking of joinery. So these panels are for column wraps. Okay, I just ask you guys' opinion. Okay, these panels are for column wraps, and the column wraps are ninety-one inches tall. And then, like the two side panels are like twenty something, and then the front panel is like eighteen something. Right. Okay. So wide, and then they're five and a half inch styles, and then the rails at the top and bottom are big. Like are these the bottom square rails, columns in. or round? Rectangular. Okay. Uh, they're round columns, but they're just they're they're crowning out the top and basing the bottom. Okay. So you won't even know there's a round column behind it. Okay. And so the 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 styles, the big ninety one inch long styles, are five and a half inches wide, three quarter, and then the top rail is nine and a half, and the bottom rail is fourteen and a half. Real big, like big giant. Hmm. Big panels and a small panel in the middle effectively like nine inches and like seven something inches right he wants mitered corners okay on the front so that's a big long miter to try to get perfect now i'm gonna do it one of two ways one is i bought the imana miter lock shaper bit and i don't know if you've ever used a miter lock bit i have um my experience with a miter lock on a shaper or well at all is I bought one for my Grizzly when I was in the old place and it was a different one. It was made by Grizzly. Absolutely could not get it to set up right. Couldn't do it. Couldn't get it to set up right. Now I didn't have feather boards on it and all that other stuff, which I'm going to have on this one to help hold it a little more true mm-hmm. to the shaper, but getting it set up was so impossible. I have watched a couple videos. It's just going to take me a while. The other option is would it would it be hard to just go ahead and do it with the domino? You can. Because it's, you can. I've got the five thirties and I've watched the guy do easy. it and I'm like, oh it's super easy I mean, with what, the domino. So it, how do you clamp it together? You just like normal? So you would basically have to uh put it together with clamps. You have to do it from uh Basically, like offset angles. So, like the because it's a three sided post, right? So, so, what do you do? Just like like the little blue tape and super glue trick with some little. Yeah, you may things. have to pin nail it and then fill a pin nail, but I mean, it'll stay. It's getting painted. Yeah, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I want to do the miter lock, like this part of me, but now I'm in a time crunch because now we're down a guy. Yeah, if and, you're, I would say then, if you're down, a, uh, if you're worried about time crunch, I've done many pieces with the domino. It's super easy. Like, it's idiot proof. It's super strong. It keeps it from yeah. sliding around as well. Like, it's really easy. And then you've got, you know, you've got a good little chunk of meat there that you're gluing, and it's not really in grain. It's kind of like, like cross grain, half to cross, grain, grain. Half yeah. cross grain. Yeah, it's it should be fine. So I think that's what I'm gonna do. The other thing is, is you know, I've always had a hard time cutting a really nice miter, mm-hmm. like a 45, on the edge of a board and getting it like perfect all the way down. Now my saw tilts to the left, so I made a fence today, or at least I started on it that attaches to my saw fence that's got a T-track in it to put a feather board. So Are I'm assuming if I get for your sliding saw or the regular no, cabinet no, saw? For the, no, for the regular table saw. For the regular Why wouldn't table you saw. do it on the sliding saw and just hold it? Because I don't trust a five-inch wide piece to try to keep it clamped down on that table. Um, Why not? You have the... I mean, I guess... You have the... Oh, use the fence yeah, side? Yeah, use the fence side. Do you think that's better? It's still going to, that's going to tilt towards it though. That one tilts towards the fence. Okay. So you, my, so you basically regular. have the board, what would be upside down, but then you can utilize yeah. the fence the entire way. And you can even, well, why couldn't I do that on the other saw? Because on the sliding saw, you can clamp it if you needed to, to the actual um, sliding component. And that way it doesn't move. And you get, I just, I don't, it's so hard to set that up. I've got, I've got, uh, 16 of them. I'm going to have to cut with a miter. Yeah, but you set it up once and you're done. Oh, put stops on the left side. Yeah. You have them. I never thought of that. Jess, am I I going to have to be like the common consulting team (laughs) at your shop? Well, so when you have to, when you figure that saw, like, so let's say I was going to do a straight, let's say I was going to do a straight rip, right? Yeah. You don't usually use that for a long, skinny, straight rip because, you know, your reference point is just that fence that you're running into, and that's not enough. So then what you have to do, what is true is the edge of the sliding table. Mm -hmm. That doesn't change. Like, you can slide it to the front, to the back. It's exactly, uh, I think, three-sixteenths from the edge of the blade. Okay. So you just do the math and hang it over, you know, whatever you need to hang it over, and then hang it over that much in the back. And that gives you your exact. Yeah, I could try that. I could just put a little stop and then clamp it to that table. Well, whatever the case, I I'm still going to try. I'm going to try to do it on the table saw with the feather board. Okay. Because because um, I will be able to put the feather board on the top of it and help hold it down, and then just run it through. Um, but. I will try your method too, because that doesn't sound like a bad idea. Cause I could just, I literally could just clamp a board to the slider mm-hmm. and just use it as a jig and slide it into that jig and then just run it through that 14 inch blade does um, cut a better 45 than the table saw does. Yeah, it does for sure. Wait, it's just like a cleaner so, 45. I don't know. I'm, I was, I like, I cut some 24 inch panels on a 45 with it and they were perfect. Like, and I never get, and I do mean perfect. I never get perfect. I just rolled it over to the little thing said 45, my little magnetic, you know, like those little gauges that Mm -hmm. you put on the blade and it was perfect. So 
that's why I wanted to use the sliding saw, but on something skinny, I didn't think about that, but I can just clamp something to the table. That's genius. All right, man. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. reminds me, I, I, got, I got a question for y'all on miters, but I was going to see what Ross had going on first. Okay. Well, so that, that's, that's pretty much it. I made that, I made a shroud to go over a big screen TV, a uh, very, very big, oh, big nice. screen TV. And they wanted it at an angle. So it's like made out of crown, and then I I just crown made and like Coke a whole thing or and just straight crown. Well, in this case, it's gloss crown. Mm. They didn't want semi gloss. They didn't Ooh. want satin. They wanted gloss crown and spray. So I found right. I, I found a water based gloss, and it's turned out pretty good. Actually, it looks like plaster at this point. Um, nice, and it kind of tapers a little bit, so it's like five inches at the top and like three inches at the bottom. But it's thick. so that the TV will tilt. It is, and it will sit around the TV and mount to the wall. Uh, it's nice. at that same house. Cool. So uh, I got that painted day before it started to rain, and that and that's it. Now the shop's a big hot mess, and we'll see what happens tomorrow morning. We're gonna just kind of call it by ear and see if we go in later or whatever, or if you can go in. It. Or if you can go in. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Uh, so for me, um, uh, it, it's been a wild couple weeks. Uh, tons of travel. So first of all, I, I obviously had done, and I had mentioned it before in prior episodes, I had done a bunch of SketchUp work for that same customer at the stable that wanted like a custom set of built-ins and a desk. And after five iterations, he finally said, that's exactly what I want. And then I sent the estimate. He's like, I can't afford that right now. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Now, he did write back and say, this is exactly what I want. But unfortunately, this is an unused room. And I can't justify the cost right now. But it is something I want to do in the next six months. And I was like, all right, I'll hold the plans. Everything's ready to go. Whenever you're ready, we'll figure this out. So there is that. On a separate side... Uh, I actually, do you guys remember that antique table that I had to match all the, I had to create new legs and, yeah. uh, match the stain I and everything. That. I got a call, yeah. um, Sunday from that couple and they were like, Oh my God, we love this table. Uh, my husband is a little older. He went to stand up and like two of the legs almost like popped out. So they were like splayed out of the four. Uh, so I actually had to go in today and repair the table base cause he had, to put too much weight on one side and like the angle of them because they're kind of sloped up going right. to the table base. Uh, they ended up popping out. And so I had to put them back in. I ended up having to drill out a hole, sink some screws, glue everything so that it was done correctly, plug the holes. And the only thing I forgot was the right can of like the stain that took me forever to mix. So I got to yeah. re figure out what the hell that stain mix was. Cause I don't remember oh, at all. <laughs> well, just listen to that episode. I'm probably going to yeah. have to go back and do that. Exactly that. Uh, but it's good that there's documentation of it. So it is um, good. Yeah. I ended up doing that, but uh, outside of that, I am, I've been doing, and I, I know Colton, you've seen a few of these, but I've been going through and trying to reorganize and re utilize my tool wall. Yes, I've loved watching the videos. Like I'm gonna mimic some of my stuff after that. So thank you. Uh, yeah. it's it's been one of those because like my tool wall was just kind of getting jumbled. And when I first put it up, I just kind of put stuff up. I'm like, I think it should go here. 
But I've realized over time that like I had stuff that I was using on a regular basis, way out of reach and stuff that I wasn't using like super close. So I've been trying to go through and like think of how I'm using tools, when I'm using them in the process, where should they be? What am I using most often? All that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And think of the, the efficiencies behind it. So it's been fun to like rethink of how to properly put stuff on there. And the one that has actually done the best for me video wise was the saw holder. That was like the, the, I guess, semi-circle. semi-circle. Yeah. That I cut on, yeah. I put the, the compass on there and put the angles in and then so simple. It was so great. So simple. But like the fact that I can literally get like nine saws on there, I don't even have nine saws, right. but I can put them all there. Right. Um, right. So and it looks cool. It does. And I've had multiple people be like, I don't know why I've never thought of this, but I'm still going to steal <laughs> exactly. that. So exactly. Yeah. Yes. It, while you're talking about reels, um, I saw one today and I was loving it, but you, you let me down at the end. What, what was it? Like, uh, it was, I think towards the end, it was one that you had like two, uh, carpenters caliper. No, oh yeah. yeah. Cal- um, uh, the squares. No, no. Uh, yeah. The carpenter squares. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I wanted to see it fully finished, but like the video cuts off before you put the stuff in the inserts, like they actually cut so out. Like if you, uh, if you look at the beginning of the video, that's actually the final picture. Okay. Well, so you did what, like where it like plays over. Uh, oh, kind of. Maybe maybe I miss. So okay. like when I, you, I, when I, you I might have just on, missed it, but yeah, when you're scrolling like, through my feed, like if you see that one, the the image that I put as the final picture or the 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 image to make people click on it is actually the finished product of that that feed okay so i didn't see that so because like i was just catching reels right where you just like scroll through them and i scrolled through and i saw that and then like it got to the end i was like here we go big finale and then it restarted okay (laughs) i i get what you're saying now okay yeah quick quick question uh so how do you make that your picture? Is that just your, like you just take one frame and make that your first frame? Uh, so when you go to upload a reel onto Instagram, there is an uh-huh. option right before you go to upload whatever the reel is that says choose a real image or. Is, gotcha. it, is, is it thumbnail? Is yeah. It used to be called thumbnail, right? Thumbnail, yeah. So that's how, for instance, on the Beat Around the Bench podcast ones, I've been able to put the ones of It's a Me, Mario, or the Game yeah, Boy, gotcha. or uh, Luke. Yeah, you get Luke, Luke yeah. Uh, <laughs> sipping a martini or something. Yeah, yeah on that so, one. That was good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you just you just put it on right before you go to post everything. I got you. I got Me you. and Ashley were talking about the other day. I just wondered. Yeah. Yeah, so you. you're engineering it for someone to come to your profile and be able to pick what they want to see. On Correct. There. I got yep. you. So that's how it's been going. Uh, I basically, I'm basically done doing most of the upgrades. I still have like the other half of my tool wall that needs fixing, but most of my hand tools are back up on the wall in an efficient spot. So the next project I need to work on, I got to pound out some uh, bases for some trophies that I I make for the same customer. I make those whiskey boxes for, but what kind of, what are you doing that out of uh, red Oak? With some red oak. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, essentially, he works for uh, a charitable fund that they're trying to get people to go into automotive repair as a career. So they essentially get bowling pins from bowling alleys that apparently every 
six to eight months, they need to change out bowling pins because they get broken and mm. cracked and everything. I didn't know this, but uh, they send these these bowling pins that they get donated to them to all these different schools where some of these kids have gone for automotive repair. And they send it to them, and these kids literally repair the bowling pins and then do all these crazy paint jobs on them, whatever they want to do. And then I take those bowling pins, and I turn them into a trophy that I mount on the bases that I make. And, uh, yeah, so they put a plaque on them. you have to drill into the bottom of those pins to be able to mount to a trophy? One thing that I did not know is that bowling pins, I would assume. ash, aren't they? Yes, but they are all uh, lathed. And so there's a screw hole in the bottom. They've already because of where it was mounted to the lathe. So I literally just have to pound in, and I have to epoxy it in. But like I pound in um, uh, a screw set or like a, a Z a Z clip thing in there, um, and I screw it in from the bottom. So you're blowing my wait. So you're telling me that these pins are made out of wood? Yeah. And then they yeah, just have like an enamel. I've I never it. held a bowling pin. I don't think I have. Like I always assumed they were some sort of like porcelain or something. Which no, I mean, they obviously all, porcelain doesn't make sense. But they're like, all made out of wood, and they have like an enamel coating on them. And yeah. uh, that coating breaks wow. after a while. So like, yeah, these automotive kids—they literally repair everything with bondo and everything else, make it perfectly clean, and then they paint it with their automotive painting skills. And some of them are like ridiculously amazing. Some of them they put on like extra pieces. So like one of them that just came that I, I have to attach, he put on um, one of them literally looks like a piece of like fishing tackle with like the extra like snout that would be on like a a, a big fish kind of tackle. So like mm-hmm. the what, what makes it look like a smaller fish, I guess. And uh, he's got some hooks on there. There are some that look like a 57 Chevy. They've got some that have like, flames coming up the like an unbelievable flame job there's all kinds of crazy stuff i love so, a good flame job yeah yeah so yeah i uh, got that to do real quick and then i am getting back to the two projects that are are for me which scares me a little bit because outside of these um these bowling pin bases i don't have a whole lot of projects that are paying me at the moment but I'm building the two projects on spec one of them being the spalted maple table that i started two years ago and haven't finished yet and then the next one is going to be the music production table. So, all right, the desk. Very awesome. Yeah, very awesome. Hey, so I had a question on miters. So okay. um, I did a project this last week for our our friends over at House of Hearts. Um, I used to work at work with with uh, with Shelby when he runs it back at Liberty Lift when we did the um, when I was in oil and gas. Right, we were a pump jack manufacturer. Right, yep. and um, yeah, so she broke off and started doing her own thing. Uh, they do they make a bunch of stuff for weddings, right? And so they work with everyone from like the newlywed, which I'll call like the end customer, to like like um, wedding planners, mm-hmm. right? And so this last week, uh, they had a quick project, or like it quick as in like it was due quick, and um, so I made them all like these like panel arches and made uh, like a system on the back where with a hinge where they can stand up on their own and they're going to paint them and put some acrylic on it and stuff. But um, they had another one where they have these boards, right? Like uh, basically here's where we got so far 
is I took a four by eight sheet of this plywood, right? And has a real mm-hmm. nice veneer on top, some sort of whitewood veneer. And then I put my track saw and I offset it a little bit and then cut it at a 30 degree angle. Right. And then you take them and you flip them. And so it makes a 120 degree like wedge. Right. Okay. And they want whenever they're, right, so they're going to stand up like that. Right. And it's just going to be like, like a V almost. Correct. Yeah. Like a standing V. And then we'll put some stuff in the back, maybe some sandbags to where it can stand up. How right? tall are these? Uh, this is seven foot. And what's the purpose and, uh, of a uh, seven uh, foot V? Half inch plywood. Okay. So it has a bunch of holes in the front that we have these little like acrylic rods, like half inch acrylic rods. They're, they half inch wide. They stand out probably three inches. And uh, I already cut all the holes and we put it, we put them in these holes and then they hang like a friendship bracelet from it or some sort of bracelet that's like a wedding gift. And it also has like your name and table number above each one of the things. Okay. And, but so we need this V to stand and they were really trying to get the gap out of the middle, right? They didn't want, they, they wanted this minor to be perfect. And so my initial idea was I took, uh, I was going to, we were going to put a bunch of hinges just like a three by one and a half inch hinge mm-hmm. and try to get it to go f- s- smooth on the front. But with it being seven foot tall, it's kind of hard to get that miter in place. And so as of right now, the only way that I can see us getting a, a perfect smooth seam and still at this 120 degree angle is to cut uh, a thicker board. Maybe we'll get like, uh, I, I was thinking even like a four by four, and cutting a 120 degree V on one side and like making this board where it couldn't fold, but it was just permanent in that place. And then if there was say a gap somewhere we could uh, fill it, I was wondering if y'all had any good ideas on that. So my idea is first and foremost, rather than doing a miter and worrying about the, the miter, well, there's two options. If you want to leave it as a solid miter, the thing that I would do is on the back of the V have some sort of a, like a, a piece of wood that would fit in from one side to the other to kind of push out the back ends of it to then push close the front. Mm-hmm. So it would almost be like a, a locking piece that you'd put in two or three places on the back. You could do that as something that would fit in to kind of force it the way so that I, might, oh, the way that might be easier. Oh, yeah. Okay. The way that might be easier, though, is actually to uh, have it be, I would say, almost rabbited. You could rabbit in that joint, and then it's going to sit perfectly, and you wouldn't have to worry about the the miter being perfect because you would have the the one side coming in, and then what would be the the rabbited cutaway? The other side would meet up with it perfectly. Oh. So it would okay. almost be like a joint. They, they are being painted. So yeah. So it basically overlap itself. So if you think of uh, the two sides overlapping themselves, that would create that perfect ninety or one twenty, whatever the gap is actually going to be. And so mm-hmm. if you put them together that way, you don't need to worry about the the seam because it's going to stay together multiple places. Gotcha. And so maybe do that plus. Like just like some glue and try to. Are try these going to gonna permanently I mean, stay in that angle, 
or do um, you need them to collapse so they can be taken down? Which I, I was going to ask them if we're, we're still trying to figure it out. If they could collapse, it's better. However, to have them collapse and then try to seal that seam, uh, that but, seems very difficult. But. It, so it wouldn't be that difficult if you did it, uh, as I just said. You would have to uh, rabbit it so that they interlocked at what would be the seam. And then you would also have to have a hinge behind that seam but it would have to be inset into both sides so that when you close it, it would sit at what would be, you know, your, your 180 degree or totally flat on each other. And then they could, excuse me, open up and lock with each other. Gotcha. Um, another hard part of that is attaching the, the hinges. You have to inset them. Oh, inset it. Yeah. Think of it like a big piano hinge. But mm-hmm. it has to be like you'd have to inset the thickness of the piano hinge into it on both sides on the interior. Got it. Make uh, it a little jig. How would I? A little jig with a router. That's what I usually do. I'm not a chisel man. Mm-hmm. See, <laughs> so I just take and like figure out and make a make it out of plywood or something, and then just have like a rub collar or uh, or uh, the. I don't know what you call that little thing that goes around your router bit and just use a little bit and wallow out the thickness of the hinge. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude. Okay. I think I'll send you some like, videos. Sounds like a pretty good solution. Um, so the wedding is this, this weekend. I'll, I'll see if I can get with them on that. Take a but, look um, at, just do some YouTube searches for like a jewelry box hinges And if you follow that same mentality of how they get the jewelry box to close correctly and the inset, the hinges and do all the things, you'll be able to totally make this work. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That sounds great. Um, Yeah. Cause we had even tossed around the idea of like, like cutting a bunch of pieces, like triangles basically at exactly 120 degrees on the CNC and then somehow having the, that rest into like locks on the back of the, the boards. But I also talked about like a, doing like some sort of like piece of trim, like that would Covering like slide in. Steam? Yes. That's going to break and, off real fast. Well, uh, it would be, uh, it, it'd be its own piece, right? Just be like oh, I, know a, what some, some, I know what you're saying, but as soon as they go to open this stuff up or take it down before or after a wedding, it's going to break like the second time they use it. Really? Okay. Yeah. Unless it's a permanent structure that stays in this place in this one venue for however long, if they try and move it, take it apart, take it down, it's going to break. Yeah. No, they're, they're trying to reuse these and um, they normally repaint after every wedding, mostly because everyone else wants different colors, but oh. it uh, makes them where they don't like, Tear tear down is a lot quicker. You don't have to worry about scratching paint and stuff. So it's true. They normally repaint every time. But okay. But yeah. Well, gotcha. cool. That's that great. I appreciate the feedback, guys. Yeah. So Jess, are you ready to? I know you've gotten a little bit break, a little bit of a reprise. Are you ready to give us a little bit of uh, wood knowledge? Uh sure. All right, hold on. Wow. 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 All right. Word of the week. Uh, very, I love that. Very, <laughs> Never get old. 
So I thought I would talk about the one that I'm using right now, and I don't think we've ever talked about it, but it is common, and a lot of people use it, and it's Poplar. All right. And mm. so what I did it, learn about Poplar... Isn't Poplar re- just a fancy name for Willow? So interestingly enough, you're close. Willow is a lot like Poplar, but they're actually... Poplar is almost like what you would say like oak, right? Cause there's red oak, there's white oak, there's scrub oak, there's sand oaks, there's, you know, different kinds of oaks. Mm-hmm. So poplar, um, is like, there's a lot of different kinds. Like I found this thing that, that says, uh, or is it poplar? So an Aspen is a type of poplar, a cottonwood is that. a type of poplar, black poplar, white poplar, hybrid poplars. There's about over 20 different kinds, but those are the most common ones. Uh, and of course, yellow poplar, which is what a lot of us use. If you would like, so, Jess, there are about seven 75 foot plus uh, cottonwood trees in my neighborhood that I would love to just cut down. <laughs> if you would like all the poplar know, from those. I don't know much about cottonwood trees. I, I know it sucks. It says they're an excellent choice for places where the ground remains constantly moist. But anyway, so um, when I used to work next to this other guy that was a, like a furniture maker or whatever, he hated poplar. He said because it's so fuzzy, you know. Mm-hmm. And I I feel like poplar's fantastic. I just bought poplar. It was S two S or S three S, right? Thirteen mm-hmm. sixteenths. Random, random width. So I got some that were up to 14 inches wide. Some were like, you know, five, but I got it for $2 and 56 cents a board foot, which is crazy cheap. Now, is it something you're going to be painting? Yes. I would only use poplar for painting. Now I would say that I have stained poplar many times in the past and Mm -hmm. you do have, as long if you're particular with which boards you pick and they're real white, it kind of makes a pretty thing. Like you could do like a gray or a dark brown color on it. It's not so bad. Exactly. Uh, well, when I was using poplar for the frames, I compared to pine. I love it. Yeah. Which you do get like some spots like, well, some of it will look like maple, right? right? Yes, like it's almost, right. if you just look at this one spot, but it's the spots that are like solid, like green. Is, would that be yellow poplar right. still? So poplar, like, had, like like the big like greenish yeah. like, blobs on it. I think that's more of like the, yes. the heart of the tree. Generally, that's white. Okay, white and yellow poplar. So the greenish color, the light color, the dark brown, and I don't know if you've ever seen it, but I've seen a lot of black and purple and red streaks in it. I get a lot of that. Some people will call the purple stuff rainbow poplar. Hmm. That's just regular yellow or white poplar. It, it just has to do with the mineral content of the wood and where it's getting its minerals from and so on and so forth. Um, usually those uh, are in the heartwood, um, some, sometimes in the softwood, but whatever the case. I love poplar. It's very strong. Um, it tends to do what you want it to do. It is a little springy. You know, it tends to want to warp a little bit after you mill it. That's just my from my experience, like after you plane it, it could be flat and then it'll overnight, it'll kind of like jump up on yep. you a little bit. Yeah. But. So, uh, you know, I used to buy those in the one by four. I've had a few of the one by fours where I've, I haven't used them immediately and I leave them inside of my shop and they look like W's by the time yep. <laughs> right. it's done doing what it wants well, to do. It's very, uh, poplar is very 
porous. That's for sure. But that's a good thing for some things. Like when you paint it, you never have to worry about your paint chipping. And it's, you know, if you spray a nice coat of primer on poplar when you're going to paint, like, say, cabinet frames or something, and you give it a one good sand, it's like slick from there out. It usually doesn't raise the grain again after that. So yeah. I love I love poplar. Um, uh, I gave you the price on it. It's very soft. I mean, yeah. let's just be honest. It's it is a considered a hardwood because it has leaves, but it is very soft. Probably even softer than pine, uh, according to. Oh, by the way, the cucumber tree is also a type of poplar. Um, hmm. The I don't know what that is, but cucumba. <laughs> uh, the Janka hardness. So we talked before about like oak being, uh, you know. It, over a thousand something, sixteen hundred, something what is like poplar, that. Like four, seven hundred. Oh, so it's not it's not very very thing. But poplar goes well, fast. Where does pine, just like white pine, fall on the Jenka? Probably like, around the same. Probably around five to seven hundred. I mean, I can look up it. I know that there are some Australian types of pine that are harder than oak. But because uh, I, I was considering, like, I recently had some damage boards. Which uh, I did have to ship them rushed and stuff, so they may have been thrown around in trucks, you know, getting to a destination. But um, I had where like through the boxes we're using, which we're using a pretty stiff box, it was still like the pine frame was damaged and it was hit. And I was I was wondering if I went back to poplar if that might help alleviate some of that. But yeah, um, yellow poplar is also called tulip poplar. If anybody gives a crap, mm. so. Um, I mean, I, what I usually get is the yellow and the white, and the the yellow is the one that's really got the green into it, like big yeah. time. Okay. And the white has kind of like a brownish on some of it, but um, so the white's brown and the yellow is actually green. Yeah. Well, yeah, and all of it yeah, has yeah. a real blah look. It ha- it all has a blah look. Poplar to me is what you go to when you're going to paint it, right? Yes. Because it mm-hmm. doesn't have a heavy grain structure like oak, so you don't see it. It paints slick as glass. It sands easy. It cuts easy. It's inexpensive. It's renewable. Mm-hmm. It grows fast, um, and it's pretty much available anywhere. Uh, I, 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 I mean, if you're wanting the durability of a hardwood, then you would want to go like maple. Cause you just want that. But as far as if you're just going to paint some cabinets, you're going to make some cabinet face frames or something like that. It's a great, it's a great choice. It takes a screw good. It glues easy. My only actually issue with it is the end grain is very, it soaks up glue like really, really fast. It soaks up paint really, really fast. So sometimes you have to paint the end grains on something. If, if for whatever reason they're exposed several times uh, to get it to, to cover, but so that's it. That's the one yep. of the week. Poplar. It's very popular. Mm. Huh. Yeah. Hey, hey, while we're talking about the stains, I, I, I really need help on this. Uh, so I was using the water-based stains recently, right? Mm-hmm. I talked about that two episodes ago. Yep. And I, it does layer up so easy. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's so, and, and then like, it's, it's, you're just chasing your tail trying to fix it. Like you might as well almost sand it off once you start to layer in my experience. Um, I saw that. So general finishes um, also offers an extender, which is just like uh, comes in like a small vial and you pour some into your stain. Okay. And I was wondering if y'all knew about that or just like any tips on how to not layer up this uh, water-based stain. 
So what? You need what, to pre-treat the wood with something. I do like a pre-stain. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You need to moisturize the wood. So if you're going to use an oil based stain, you can wipe it down with mineral spirits. That'll work. Um, and pre-stain then as soon as, goes a long way. And pre-stain's the same thing. Yeah, pre-stain it totally changes how stain reacts, but it also takes longer for the stain sure, to dry. Yes. Try and make sure you're using the pre-stain of the brand of stain you're going to use. Yep. Because chemically they are designed to go together and it makes for a more uniform stain. Yeah, like if you use that, for instance, if you use that uh, Verithane stain that mm-hmm. they sell, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's okay. I, uh, I like the Briar Smoke color, um, but speci- specifically the Briar Smoke, that stuff soaks in like a mofo. If you don't <laughs> treat it with something first, it really, I mean, you'll almost get layering where you see like where you get cold joints in it. So you, if you have a big tabletop, that's that's troublesome. But if you treat it with some pre-stain or some mineral spirits, like that, it, it, it's a whole, it, it's lighter and you've got more time to let it sit and it wipes off easier. Nice. So, so I wonder if the extender is, I, I guess, kind of ach- trying to achieve the same thing, except it's just a different method. Like you're pouring it into the actual stain versus on the board. I think it also I like to know extends your drying time so that you can level things out a little easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I so. mix mineral spirits in my, when I get the Verithane stuff, if it's a color that I like and I want to use it, I'll mix mineral spirits in it to thin it down so it's not yeah. staying thick and it gives me a little extra time. time. How about the, that's still, still water-based? No, you don't. No, Verithane is oil-based, but it, I, what I would assume that is if you had a water-based stain, you could add a little bit of water, just do a little yeah. test with something and Same see way if you it gives you a little extra time. Acrylic paint versus latex. Right. So I did I, I end up adding some water on the last one I stained, which um, it did something weird. Like, I wonder if water-based stain reacts to heat different, right? So, like, whenever I'm not in my shop, I don't have the AC running. It, get, it can get pretty hot in there. And, like, it started to, like, thicken up. It was almost gelatinous. Yeah. Like, the, the stain was. Interesting. And, but it, it still went on normal. Like, it was just weird. So the, um, basically, so I, I did end up adding some water to what it. What you do but. have to do in that case is, number one, the heat will uh, make it separate that much faster, and the heavier color particles of it sink to the bottom, and it becomes more gelatinous down there. So you definitely have to mix it. Do not shake a stain ever, but stir. mix it. Mm-hmm. Stir it. I, I do stir the heck out of it every time. Okay. But, yeah. Even after that, it was like stirring jello almost. Hmm. Not quite that dramatic. But yeah, it, that's that probably weird. heat reactionary. So it's probably got mm-hmm. silica or something in it that's making it do that. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, speaking okay. of finishes, by the way, I just received like yesterday my box of the Nano Three ceramic finish oh, for this Baltimore Maple Table. So All I right. still got a lot of work to get to before I get to that point, but the stuff is here, and I'm super excited to try it out. Very good. All right. Yeah, I, I like the idea of it for sure. So you don't put that right over the wood, though, right? You put that over. So basically, the idea is you put whatever finish you want on there, uh, like as far as stain and everything else. And then it's supposed to go over like a Rubio kind of finish, the, like the hard wax on top of that. I'm going to use something else. Um, I haven't made a final decision as to which color I'm doing yet because the spalted maple to me just kind of stands out on its own. So it'll more than likely just be walrus oil. Uh, and I'm going to read the instructions on it to see if I should put like a lacquer or something underneath it. But I think I just put it 
directly on top of the wood. Mm. You do it in sections and it creates a ceramic finish like on a car. I've only ever seen really? them use it over um, epoxy type finishes. So I've never I've never seen anybody use it over anything else. That's interesting. I'll let you know. Yeah, how I like it goes. the idea of it. It works on your car, so yep. why wouldn't it work? Why on wouldn't that? it work here? And they make yeah. it they make it make it for table saws and stuff tops too. Yeah. Would you guys like to play a little wood trivia? We would. Ah, uh, here we go, baby. Uh, so, <laughs> yay. so if 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 the audience would like, I can arrange to have quite a nice little wood trivia. We could even do a whole episode of wood trivia if that's what they wanted to do. I think the audience wants it. Yep. Okay. So what I need you guys to do today in this particular wood trivia is get out a pen and paper or use your computer, whichever you wanted to use. Okay. And I am going to give you mixed word wood types. What? And the first one to unjumble the word gets a point. Okay. I'm going to keep track of points. Okay. Bring it on, baby. All right. So we're going to start easy and it's going to get harder as we go. Yeah, that's what she said. Okay. Now <laughs> there, there is a little bit of a latency issue, so you guys will just have to be honest about who who got it first. But let's start with the first word. It is three letters, and those letters are jumbled. S H A. Colton. Go, Colton. Do I say it? Go yeah. ahead, Colton. That is correct. All right. Colton's <laughs> got one point. He's on the board. Ross, nothing from him. Mm. All right. Ross. Colton. Next one. I. <laughs> I R F. Ross. Fur? Ross. Oh, so you Fur. go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Fur, Fur. Correct. All right. So I guess we're saying names is your buzzer. Okay. Okay. K E T A. Teak. Oh, sorry. Uh, Colton. Teak. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Colton. All right. Next word. C R E A D. Uh, C R E A D. Mm hmm. Cedar. That is correct. Colton. Colton. Okay. That, that one got me too. I was like, wait, what? I was like, acrid? Okay. Oh, man. All right. They're going to start getting harder. R H B as in boy, I C as in Charlie. Birch. Correct, yeah. Colton. Gotta say your damn name out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. All right. All right. Sorry, we're still figuring out this buzzer thing. Okay, okay. yeah, you got to okay. say your name. All right. Got it. Your next word is P, as in Paul, A, L, E, M. Ross. Uh, Colton. Ross, oh, go ahead. Palm? No. Palm doesn't have it's an a, e. Oh, that's correct. Maple. 
Ah, crap. That is correct. Maple. Ah, Should have known All that All right, one. Colin Jesus. has five. Ross has one. Sure do. <laughs> All right, you got it. All right, Ross, you got a chance to catch up here. R H E C R Y. Ross. Ross, go ahead. Cherry. That is correct, Ross. Yes. Good one. All right. Now, next one. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Here we go. All right, now this one is very, very hard. P-P-A-L-O-R. Colton. Go ahead, Col- That is correct, Colton. All right. All right, next one. R-I-K-C-H-E. O Y. Ross. Colton. Colton. Hickory. That is correct. All right. Next one. All right. If you get everyone right at this point, Ross, you'll still lose. Oh, cool. (laughs) T W U N L A. Uh, what? Ross. Go ahead, Walnut. Ross. Walnut. That is correct. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, you nailed it. it. I, I was sitting there. I was like, what in the heck? There's only two. That, like, oh, but it's so obvious. Golly. All right. This one's pretty easy. So S Y E S P is in Paul R C as in Charlie. Uh, S Y E S P R C. Mm-hmm. S Y E S P R C. Colton. Colton. Uh, Cypress. That is oh. correct, Colton. Crap. All right. I was trying to think of something like Epsi. Like, what's Epsi? All right. This one's a little tricky. D as in David. O. D as in David. O. W. E-R. Colton? Go ahead, Colton. Is that Redwood? That is correct. <laughs> oh, God. Colton is killing it. All Three. right. <clears throat> we got two more. All right. Uh, G is in George. A. M is in Mary. Y is in yellow. A. N as in Nancy, O H. Can I can I stop you, yeah. or Colton? Yeah. The mahogany. Yeah, that is correct. All right, now for the bonus. This is a hard one because I've never heard of this wood. So <clears throat> here's the last one. The bonus. This is worth. Hold on. How much is it worth? It's worth five points. You ready? Yep. P is in Paul. Y L T as in Tom U S as in Sam. Clearly it's Plytus. 
<laughs> what? Ross? Oh, Go ahead, Ross. I don't think this is a word, but uh, Stipley? No. No. We got... Wait, hold on. P-Y-L-T-U-S? P-Y-L-T-U-S. Hmm. Hold on. Hold on. Let's let's get this. Uh, hmm. Hmm. What what region does this come from? Uh, I will yeah. tell you. It is from. I was just looking. I guess I should have looked it up and see what it's about. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, Brazil. Grown mm. on plantations in Brazil, Janka Hardness fourteen twenty. Oh, you know it by its. You know it by the first part of the word is being omitted. Let me say that, and I'll give you a hint, Ross. You're still in the running. No, I'm not. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll give you a. So this is interesting. It is huh. common name. It's not... Stolpe? No, I don't know. I don't I'll know. give you a clue. Um, okay. Koalas. Eucalyptus. Eucalyptus yeah. is the name. Uh, the scientific name is Eucalyptus urograndis. Yeah. There we go. That was fun. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. <laughs> very very fun all right guys lift it. That, that was a good one wow. now actually as long as we're all in a jovial mood we actually did get two questions over the past week from some of our followers and i wanted to yes. them out before we jump into the whiskey of the week the whoa whoa all right so uh the first question actually jess comes from your lovely wife she asks when all of us are going to be in the same place at the same time again uh, I wish it was Maker Camp. I wish it I was wish too. I wish it was too. I don't know, man. Um, I hate to say it, but from my perspective, I think it's probably going to be Workbench Con again. Where I mean, it all began. Maybe, maybe in the winter, we might come up to Chicago and maybe we could coordinate with, with, um, cause my wife is, you know, we've never seen it except the airport. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, same. I, maybe we that could would be coordinate awesome. with, you could drive, couldn't you? Oh, no. I mean, no, is that's it, a hell of a drive. Is it? Okay. It's, I don't know my so yeah. me down to you, Jess is about 23, 24 right. hours. Right. Uh, my dad was me, from Springfield. Yeah. That's where my wife is from. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, from me down to Colton is about 19 hours. Oh, okay. I'm terrible with geography then. All right. Yeah. So, but a flight wouldn't be that expensive from Houston to Chicago. No, because technically on United it's hub to hub. So right. that's real, real easy. Yeah. I, you know what? Let's do it. I'd love to go to Chicago. We just watched a documentary about Chicago. Like I caught myself like, what is it? It's called city. So real or something. Okay. I think it's what uh, it might've been on Hulu. All right. Um, it's a great town, but yeah, I actually learned a lot about uh, your mayor and which one like gangs and my, uh, Oh, the one that looks like she's like a lizard person. Oh, yeah. That was our last mayor. Uh, she is no longer yeah, the mayor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes, you are correct on her appearance. 
So, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you, know you were right. I'm not trying to throw shade at her. The podcast, yeah, I, I liked her a lot better after watching Mayor Light the Light. podcast that I that I wasn't here for last week. You said I need a vacation. We do. We haven't taken a vacation in so long, and I think mm-hmm. we could. We're trying to save money, but I think we could budget in that. We Chicago might have enough in, points. Chicago on, in February is very cheap because it's very cold and nobody wants to come here. But you can stay at like a five star hotel for like fifty dollars a night. Is there any? Um, yeah. Is there any nice? Is there anything to do though, or is everything closed? Oh no, no, no. we're uh, we're wide open. The only thing that's not open is like outdoor eating. Okay. All right. There you go. Cool. So, so we'll have to go see some of the sites, but our yeah. main reason will be to come hang out with you. Obviously. That's, that's what we're going to do. Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll figure this all yeah. out. So, what do you think, uh, Colt? You think you talk your wife that, into that trio it? project. Sorry. Go ahead, Jess. Do you think you can talk your wife into it? Me? Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Yeah. Do, okay, it, do it, it at one of your I'll... Monday morning meetings. You can do that. There you go. <laughs> Uh, okay question number two actually comes from chris at uncle bones workshop he said just like oh right just like any job you do do you guys ever get burned out or lose interest and how do you motivate yourself Mm -hmm. oh yes you take over on this one first it says what do you ever get burned out and how do you or lose interest and then how do you motivate yourself Man, I face that a lot, like daily sometimes, uh, depending on the week. And yeah, I don't have an absolute answer for that. But I do know one thing that helps is like taking a step back and being like, you know what? I'm not like a pseudo accountant anymore. I'm not uh, an Excel jockey. You're just like, for me, like some soul sucking job. Right. And I have to remember that. And I have to remember like, even though this project is already planned out and I've done it a ton of times before, it is still a piece of work of art, right? It's still a work of art and that I need to be proud of it. And that, that normally helps me get out of a rut. Okay. How about you, Jess? Uh, when I want to get out of a rut and remember why I still like woodworking is I, one thing that I do, and this is going to sound so stupid, is I clean up my shop and get things organized if they're not. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember, like, you know, all my cool stuff and all the stuff that I've built up over the years. And I get it to where, like, my mind cannot focus on this needs to be taken care of here. This needs to be taken care of here. Like, all these things. Like, I get everything and I'll, I'll write it down. Like, I need to get this done and this done and this done. And then my mind kind of calms down. And then the other thing that I do is I'll maybe make something that has nothing to do with what we're doing. Like, especially when we're making the furniture, right? Make 12 side tables at a time. That's like a lot. It's like so boring. Um, And that's totally horribly monotonous. Um, So I'll do something that, because everybody likes to be creative in this. I think that's the biggest reason that people get into woodworking is Mm -hmm. because you can think of something and you can make it. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I'll, I'll make something or design something that's new, um, that I can be excited about. And that helps you remember, that helps you remember why you got into this and so on and so forth. And then the other time is, uh, I talk to you guys and I get kind of excited about it again. You know, somebody else that enjoys the passion, just, just getting away from it for a minute and talking about it and how much fun it is and all that stuff. 
um, is definitely, I, I get, you guys remember on WorkbenchCon uh, at the very last bit where they had animal trades on and she said, make sure mm-hmm. that whatever you put on the internet is, you know, is, is beneficial to society, not mm-hmm. like look at me or whatever. And I, I, how could you not agree with that? Um, and for some people, it's just a way to make money, but sometimes I do watch stuff on there and I watch some of these things that these guys make and I'm like, like, I don't know how to do that. Like, what, how, you know, I'll never be that good. Or, you know, those thoughts pop into my mind. But I also remember the fact that that guy's making one and he's doing it on camera. And I don't know how many other things he screwed up. You know, I don't know if he's making any money on because to me, it's a business. I've got to make money on what I'm making. So I have to be particular about what I choose to do and what I don't choose to do because we have to be able to make it fast enough without, you know, a lot of upfront costs and we, and, and it has to be produced quickly and it'd be done right. And yeah, if I got, you know, three months to work on one thing and, and not worry about how much I'm going to be able to sell it for, or if I'm going to sell it or whatever, uh, or worry about the customer's budget because my Instagram is padding my wallet. And I don't have to worry about how much I'm charging. Um, that's a different story. You know, that's not yes. who, that's not mm-hmm. me. That's not what I'm doing right now. So um, I just have to kind of put everything in perspective a lot. And, uh, and it seems to do okay. Like these panels, like I knew how to make these panels. I made barn doors. I made a thousand barn doors and these are just a bunch of barn doors. Yeah. So um, they're super simple. We, I have all the equipment to do it. The weather's not fighting with me right now, but other than that, it's a cakewalk. And I'm excited to do it because it's going to be, it's going to be a big uh, wow factor when we're done with it. We're getting good video out of it and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, nice. That's what I do. I just so, change things up. Man. So for me, and, I, I go ahead, Colton. I know you had somebody want to add. Man, uh, sorry, I wasn't. I'm not trying to. Cut no, you you're off, good. But um, I was just going to piggyback. So Jess, you talking about the podcast helping us, man? make me want to cry right now. It, I, I feel the exact same way, man. I, I can't imagine where I would be differently if I hadn't met you guys and we didn't have this, this podcast going, honestly, just like talking through my problems every week and like having like a hard, Hey, where you're at in your boards. Like it, it's a big deal for me too. So real special. It's nice I appreciate you guys bounce ideas off and, of. Yeah, sure. and then when we get when we get uh, not customer but listener feedback, yeah. man, and like someone like uh, just Adam last week, he's a huge fan, right? And like just having people appreciate what we're putting out, it it, it, it makes my heart swell, man. <laughs> and uh, oh yeah, speaking of yeah, we're getting Adam in the shop this week in my shop nice. for uh, I guess he has a, a day off or something, um, whatever. He's gonna spend a full eighteen hours with me catching up on these boards nice. so i'm really excited hopefully we can get some footage of that nice but but yeah ross so yeah on, sorry to cut no, you no, off you're good. Uh, on i will be the first to admit i am unbelievably gung-ho with a project until the last five percent like when it gets mm-hmm. down to like that nitty-gritty I am so to the point where I'm like, I am mentally done with this thing. I just want it out of my shop and I want to be on to the next one. And that part is difficult for me unless the the only project I can think of, there are two in the past year that I've like 
bang my head against the wall continuously. And one of them was a poker table that it took me forever to build because the angles were off by like two degrees and it just screwed up the entire thing. Uh, and then the other one was uh, actually that antique table. It just sat in my shop because I, I didn't put a deadline on it. And now that I think about it, yep. this spalted maple table has been up on my board for like two years. And because it's a project for me and not for another customer, I don't put as much of an emphasis on getting it done. So the motivation side, I create kind of false deadlines for myself. And then I push like crazy to get it done. If I find that I'm running into a problem where I'm coming up on a deadline, it's not going to be done and I'm not motivated because I'm not going to hit that deadline. I either walk away for the day. I'm like, I'm mentally not here. I'm going to mess something up if I keep going or I reach out to the customer or a combination there within and say, listen, I can force this out. I can get it to you on the day we talked about, but it's not going to be something I'm proud of. If you can give me an extra couple of days, I can typically get something that I'm proud of and you're going to absolutely love. And that has made a huge difference. So that's kind of my thing. Like I've learned the days where I'm trying to force something. Those are the days I get injured or I mess up a project and set myself back a week because I'm trying to force it. So I have to gauge my motivation. And as you guys said, take a walk, grab a cup of coffee, whatever the case is, and just get away from things. So on a side note, do you guys ever feel like you learn more when you're doing a project, not for someone that you use later on a project for somebody else? Cause there's no stress, right? Like if you mess it up, it doesn't matter. Like you're playing with something, you're learning Uh, an angle, you're screwing around with this, or you're trying this idea. And it's like for your house or for a friend or it's for the shop or whatever it is. And you like, I don't know. I've just find like, I learn more. I've learned so much just doing things for myself and for friends where I didn't have any stress over my head. And I learned how to do a whole new thing or a whole new technique or a whole new way of doing things. And then when I go to the shop, I'm like, well, Hey, I can do that now. Or I can implement that into, you know, the way that I do it, build something. So a short answer. Yes. Um, Same here. My answer as well is that, I have found myself trying to push myself with every project I'm doing where I'm like, Oh, you need this. Wouldn't it be cooler if you had like half blind dovetails on there? And they're like, yeah, that would be cooler. And I'm like, I've never made a half blind dovetail in my life. I really need how to figure this out. So I force myself to figure it out. And I, because I put my like time crunch on it, I do like, do a deep dive on the immersion of like, how do I do this? How do I do it correctly? And I try and find as much information as I can. And then I just dive in head first. So. Man. Yes. Uh, yeah. Same here. I'll, I'll, I've done that with a uh, different uh, jig is not the right word, but um, for different, like uh, as far as like making my shop more ergonomic. Yeah. Is that the word? Yep. Um like I guess, for example, in my yeah, in my paint booth, um, I was hanging a fan that goes in the back mm-hmm. so that uh, I can vent out my booth. Yeah. And I, you know, there's se- several rudimentary ways I could have hung this to the top of that frame mm-hmm. 
Um, and this is inside that uh, that Harbor Freight outdoor garage yeah. tent thing Pavilion. I talked yeah. about last yeah. week. That was my nugget last week. Yeah. Um, but I, I decided to do like a like one of my first like Morrison tenon or like mostly hand cut like Morris tenon thing that holds it, and it worked really well. And um, yeah, and then I've also I've tried dovetail stuff. Like only dovetails I've really messed with is just stuff for the shop. Like it's an unnecessary part to put a dovetail on, but I gotta get my creative juices going, which also goes to the the previous question as well. Yeah. Um, like yeah, sometimes I'll get creative with making jigs and tool holders, whatever, in the shop, and that'll help respark my stuff. I just need to make sure I don't get carried away with that because I can yes. easily. I can lose track of time building something mm-hmm. like that, but, but yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, those are the there two questions go. we had for this week. Yeah. By the way, we love, at least, yeah, I, I think I speak for all of us. Yes. I freaking love having questions man, and like fielding stuff and yeah. Yeah. So, so if anybody, bring them on, even, even if they're dumb, let's bring If anybody on. is listening and you would like to submit a question to us, literally ask us anything and we mean anything. Shoot a message to us either on any of our Instagram feeds or at beataroundthebench at gmail.com. So, yeah. Or the beat around the bench uh, Instagram is probably the, yeah, the easiest. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, all, I, so, with the Spotify for podcasters, uh, do we have a way for people to reach out? So we do. Reach out to us on there? Yeah. Okay. Yep. They can reach out. There Good. are actually questionnaires on each week. That nobody's ever answered, but I put them up just to see if anybody wants to. Oh, I answered one one week. I like I saw it. I was like, it caught me off guard. I was like, what is that? Oh. Yeah, because like I, I don't have the login for our Spotify thing, yeah. and so. Um, but you can answer which, as somebody who's well, just listening. Exactly. Well, I was I, I I answered one week, but um, I guess it it doesn't make it obvious. Even though I listen to it every week, like I don't, it doesn't make it obvious to me that there's a question to be answered. Yeah, that's odd. I, I wonder how that works, hmm. but um. Yeah. Um, yep. So anyway, are we ready to dive into a little bit of whiskey? Whoa, brother! Showtime! Yeah. The whiskey of the week. <laughs> so we actually took a little bit of a hiatus last week because Jess was gone, and we didn't want him to miss out on any of the fun because he doesn't drink. So that's right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the the prior week the whiskey of the week was the old forester bottled in bond colton were you able to mm. procure it and did it dandy si senor a hey, si senor oh bueno, yeah, bueno. they did it did great okay mm. so um oh there's this real like i think it's kind of old like it's just like a short video of a, a guy talking about um he was a uh he had a day off work and he went and he was basically like a, uh, a dummy or uh, a car- or, or some sort of actor, or whatever for a fireman um, like test, like reenactment. Right. Okay. And so like they set out all these different people in this house, these different volunteers and you had like a note card on your chest and his was like, Oh, I'm, missing my left leg from my knee down and I have severe burns or something. And then the firemen come in and react to the situation. And, um, yeah, he was just doing it for the of it. And 
I may have got paid a little bit for it, but uh, he was saying this uh, this big burly fireman like ran in and was like, it was like read his card and he was like, "You'll be safe with me. I got you." And like picked him up like he was nothing, threw him on his shoulder and carried him out the door. And the guy's reaction is hilarious. And he's like, oh. <laughs> I, I had like no, no, not a gay bone in my body, but oh my Jesus, this guy swept me off my feet. I, um, I felt like a damsel and um, <laughs> he just loved it. And that's kind of what this whiskey did to me. Man, like, so, you know, bottle and bond. Um, I, don't, I don't ever recall having a bottle and bond before. But you, you said had it that with it, the, the early times bottled and bond, one of the first ones we ever did. Oh, that was. Oh, okay. You're right. Sorry, I forgot That's that was right. bottled and bond. You're right. Yeah. Correct. Thank you. Thank you for correcting yeah. me. Yeah. Um, but the um yeah, you said it has to be bottled bottled at a hundred proof. Correct. And so I was expecting just like a hot whiskey, like um would do good punching through the ginger and a dandy and all that jazz. But it um it caught me off guard. I was like, Oh, oh. cause it's so like, it's very dark and it is when it, whenever it's sweet, that's malt, right? Can be. It's usually like, more the corn it? side that brings a sweeter side. Okay. Maltiness so, is kind of like a bready tone. Gotcha. So I guess this, this would have been the corn side, whatever. It was like the sweet and like, it was like, I don't know. Thick enough. That's it's not literally thick, but the uh, the the thick the sweet flavor like really balanced out all the heat in it. And nice. I I I adored it, man. Awesome. And so I, I guess maybe we should get back to ranking them. I'll, I'll, I'll do it like a a, a nine three. Okay. But it, it just because it's not like extremely. Interesting, which it, no, there's not a not to say it's not no, interesting. No, there's, but Old Forester has never been known for the the depth and complexity. It has been known for being mm-hmm. just like an unbelievably solid daily whiskey. Yeah, and so with this one for the cocktail, I got a little more serious about my old fashioned. Okay, and um, and actually, I, I pulled up a recipe which it did a little different and. Then I put my own little twist on it at the end. And so this one had like a few extra dashes of the, the orange bitters. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I guess a normal amount, a healthy amount of the uh, the simple syrup. And then I uh, took those Egbert cherries and I mashed one of those in the bottom. Okay, That was my twist on it. And it oh, and then a tablespoon of water. Huh. Okay. I don't know if that's a, a, a standard thing. No. But um, so for that, I used a splash of Topo Chico. There you go. And it it made a very good cocktail. And I was really impressed with it. Very nice. And um, I, I look forward to finishing this bottle. Excellent. Not, not tonight, exactly. But, Maybe. I mean, but, not with uh, that attitude. <laughs> uh, you're, you are correct. So, <laughs> But yeah, I really like it. This was a good one. Nice. So, so the next Whiskey of the Week is going to actually take you back to kind of what most people start out with as far as their Holy Grail trail of bourbons. And the next week or the whiskey of the week for this week is Buffalo trace. Now, Oh yeah. Buffalo trace bourbon does hail from the Buffalo trace distillery, uh, just outside of Louisville, Kentucky. And it is, if you were to go on the bourbon trail, there are many more picturesque distilleries. 
but I will say the Buffalo Trace Distillery is the one you go to if you want to learn something. If you want to actually mm-hmm. be educated about whiskey, they are the company, uh, the Sazerac Company and the Buffalo Trace Distillery in particular. They're the ones putting out Buffalo Trace and Eagle Rare and Blanton's and George Stagg and Pappy Van Winkle. And you name all yeah. these other allocated whiskeys. They're all coming from this one distillery. And they are doing so much as far as experimentation and trying new things. They are pushing the boundary of scientific experimentation with whiskey. Buffalo Trace is their staple everyday product. Some places it's hard to get. Some places it's not. It should cost you about $28 to $35, and it is unbelievable stuff if you can find it at that price. If you cannot find it, I want you to look for Benchmark 8-Year Whiskey because Benchmark is the lower-priced version of the same mash bill of Buffalo Trace. It's the Natty Light? Yes. Bush Light? Yes. So, got it. Buffalo Trace is the one you're going for. If you can't find that, look for Benchmark. Uh, we definitely we, we got plenty of, of uh, Buffalo Trace here. Okay, cool. But yeah, so I I did that uh, the, the we call it the Bourbon Trail yep. on a bachelor party once for my buddy Hunter, right? And um, he, he's a podcast listener as well, actually. But he um, oh, uh, so we did three tours. We did Buffalo Trace. Wild Turkey and then Four Roses. Yep. And uh, uh, Buffalo Trace and Wild Turkey were the best tours. Yeah. Um, completely different. Oh yes. But uh, Buffalo Trace by far my favorite. Like you see all like like the the black on the bricks mm-hmm. all around it. There's still like that river. Yep. That's coming through it. Um, and then the coolest part was at one point like you uh, they put some of the the white buffalo. Uh, the white dog. Hand. Yeah. So basically. White dog, yeah. yeah, it's unaged, right? And you smell it, and you smell the. So the the test yeah, is right. is a three phase test. You actually pour some mm-hmm. white dog whiskey in the palm of your hand, about the size of a nickel, and then you rub your hands together. Mm-hmm. And the first time you take a smell, it tells you the type of grain. So being that it's a bourbon, it smells like popcorn. If it's a rye, it smells like rye bread, yeah. so on and so forth. You do it a second time, not with new whiskey, just rub your hands again. Oh, uh, you rub your hands and a clap. Yes. And the second time you take a and smell, smell yeah. is going to be the, um, the, sorry, the first one is the proof. The second one is the grain. The third time you do it is a strain of yeast. So the on the first smell, the further your hands away for, from your face before you get overwhelmed by alcohol, the higher the proof. The second smell is going to be the type of grain. The third smell is going to be the strain of yeast. So Buffalo Trace, they use a very sweet strain of yeast, so it smells like a sweet dough. If it's um, like a obviously a sour mash, it smells like a sour sourdough loaf. Um, all kinds of things. So you can tell a lot about the whiskey without ever having to taste it. Nice. So uh, that, that's also where I learned, like talking about the yeast, how we're a master distiller. Yep, if that's the right term. They will keep a vial of that. It's not uncommon for them to keep a vial of it on like a necklace and like keep them on their person yes. at all times. In case someone ever like vandalized their stuff, they still have their yeast and they can repeat it or whatever. Correct. Yep. So that was, uh, that's, cool. that's our whiskey of the week. And um, I, I think this is a good point to give ourselves, you know, a little bit of a nugget and, uh, you know, wrap things up. Suggest. So you got a nugget for us, hurricane related or otherwise? No, but I will tell you a really good primer okay. for people that are painting things. So if you go to Benjamin Moore, 
they sell a product. I forget what the company is. They make a they make a stuff called Cabinet Coat. Uh, it's a company called Insulex. I N S Y L X. Insulex. Okay. And Insulex makes a, a product called Cabinet Coat, which is a water based cabinet enamel paint that is a urethane acrylic that's really good for painting cabinets. But they also make a primer called Styx, S-T-Y-X. And that stuff will stick. Well, I, uh, as a matter of okay. fact, the picture on the front of the hey, can Jess, I think we lost you is for a, a picture there. of somebody painting tile. Oh, I think we lost yeah, His interwebs are going in and out. So with that in mind, Colton, what's your nugget? So my nugget this week, it, it's more of a do as I say, not as I do kind of nugget. Okay. It's more of something I, if I could go back to myself a year ago, I would have done um, or like I would have told myself um, is that when you're planning lead times, especially when you got a bunch of different projects, like you got to give yourself some time for mess ups or curveballs. Uh, you got to add more time and yeah, I, I hate it, but uh, at least for as far as like friend projects, like anytime um, I give them a lead time, like you might as well double it. Um, <laughs> it's going to take a lot longer. And it, it, I'm not, yeah, definitely not proud of that, but it's uh, something I struggle with and that I wish I could get better at. So, uh, cause I, I just get so optimistic, especially when you're talking about a project, you get so excited. You're like, yeah, I could lose one night of sleep and yeah, I could, I could crank this out, like pull a miracle off and like uh, miracles don't happen every day. Like you don't have to try to push yourself. Like, I don't know, just yeah. Communicate better and maybe try to, yeah. Add some cushion on your lead times. That'd be my, 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 my nugget this week. Okay. Did I, did I lose you guys? Yeah. Yeah, we lost yeah, yeah, we lost you. Started talking about halfway through that. The stick. So, Insulex is the is the name of the brand. I n uh, s y l x, and then the the cabinet coat stuff that they make is good. But their primer, they make a primer called Sticks S T Y X, and you can get it tinted slightly to whatever you're going to be painting, which helps if you have a dark color or something. But on the front of the can, they show somebody painting tile. That stuff is a high bond primer. It will stick to anything. It'll just about stick to cabinets. Is that the like one you were... used on like the flooring in your new apartment? No, no, I didn't. That, um, that they had their own. That was oh, a okay. Rustoleum floor coat. That's oh, that probably some type epoxy based stuff, I think. But, um, if you were going to like say paint your cabinets in your house or for somebody else's, you just about wouldn't have to scuff them. It's that Ooh. sticky. And within it dries pretty quick. You can spray it, you can roll it, you can do whatever you want with it. Um, it sands like a dream. So like, if you know, you got some imperfections, it doesn't like roll like crappy acrylic paint does. Yeah. It is fantastic. It's good for raw wood. It's good for painted surfaces. It's good. You can paint tile with it. It's amazing. And it's not Ooh. expensive. So sticks. Okay. You can get a Benjamin Moore most of the time. Good to know. Uh, my nugget is actually kind of along the line of Colton's, but to the opposite side. Uh, oh. my, I got tasked. Uh, so I was out of town until 
Thursday night last week until like I landed at like nine o'clock at night. And then I had an event for my day job. I was out until 11 o'clock at night the following night. My wife, I had been asked to go golfing this past weekend. And my wife was like, you should go. You never do stuff like that. Okay, cool. She's like, we have a meeting Saturday at like 11 a.m. at the shop. Uh, So just a quick customer walk by. I was like, all right, whatever. So I come in and it's one of our, our better customers who's been a customer for a while. It's one of my wife's friends. And she's like, yeah, uh, my company, we're going to do a photo shoot on Monday and I need as many serving boards and charcuterie boards uh, as you can get me. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? She's like, yeah, it, but it's on Monday. There's tons of time. And I was like, uh, there's, there's not, but I'm going to see what I can do. And so she left. I started working on one or two of them. And then my wife is like, okay, we got stuff to do. You can come back and deal with this stuff later. And I was like, okay. And so basically, long story short, I didn't get back to it Saturday. Sunday, I went golfing. It took five hours instead of four. So all of a sudden, it's like one o'clock on Sunday. And she's like, I call my wife. I'm like, hey, I'm off the course. She's like, hey, can you get all those boards delivered by 3.30? And I was like, no, no, I can't. And she's like, oh, well, the latest you can get them there is four because they're leaving for the city uh, to go, you know, for the photo shoot and they're going to be, you know, gone the rest of the day. And tomorrow's a photo shoot. I put myself into high gear. I did not film a second of it because there wasn't time for it. But my was a, it was a friend crunch time, as Colton was saying. I buckled down, and I haven't worked that hard or that fast in forever, especially on being exhausted from traveling and everything else. Uh, but I got it was six massive boards and three small boards done uh, and finished everything in an hour and 45 minutes and uh, get her done. I was exhausted, but I delivered everything on time. I actually got them back today. Uh, They ended up using one of the boards for the cover shoot for the new catalog for this company. And uh, they used all but the Wenge board that I, so eight of the nine boards that I created, uh, they used all the other ones. So if nothing else, now I have nine other boards that are ready to sell for the holidays as people are coming up on serving occasions. And I can be like, check out this awesome photo of this thing with some food on it. You should really use it with yeah. food on it. So, so all right, did you glue them up or is it just a board? So most of out? them, uh, there were three of them that needed glue. So I glued those on Saturday. And then okay. Sunday, I was able to just cut them down and do what I needed to. But I still had to like sand them all and water pop them and chamfer edges and do all the things. Um, walrus oil, everything, like get it all done. But it looked awesome. It, it, Nice. You couldn't handles in these like that kind of charcuterie board. Uh, or? I wish I could Server. have, but luckily it was just slabs that they wanted. So okay, good. Like yeah, I yeah. had some table runners, I had some slabs, some big serving boards that were just kind of like decorative. So they worked out really well from there. I can put handles on them now, but they're basically done. So that was going to be my kind of nugget, if you will. Was you can really yeah. get stuff done when you put your mind to it, and you you tell yourself there is no other option. You'll get it done. Yes, yes. I've had that with a desk one time, and I made a desk in like six hours from nothing. And it was like, 
and they loved it. And I was like, how did I, I made drawers and everything. Like, how did I, how did I do that? But it was like, she's like, we have to have it done. It has to be there tomorrow. And I'm like, there is no time. It's late. And she's like, it has to be done. There's, and I'm like, okay. So I just was mad and I just started working on it. And next thing you knew it was done. Yeah. So, so there you go. All right, boys, we're coming up on uh, almost two hours here. So uh, it seems right. standard for us. Yeah. So, with that in mind, thank you very much for tuning in this week. We hope you enjoyed every second of this episode. If you did, please send all your complaints to our Swedish legal representation at Dehurdy Meet Defluri Schnurdy and Associates. For Jess, Colton, and Ross, this has been the Beat Around the Bench podcast. We will catch you all next time. See ya. Get her done. <laughs>